It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL News and Notes of here on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, so there's a lot of moving and shaking going on in the NFL. The latest news, the big news, obviously, that affects the Raiders. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Uh, in return, they're sending a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 six-round pick. And they're also, uh, the Chargers are taking on the rest of his contract, which is 60 million. And the Bears are getting $24 million in dead money. So there's a lot of money moving around, uh, a lot of you know, like I said, a lot a lot of moving and shaking going on, but Khalil Mack is back in the AFC West, and I know it's not 100% official right now, but it's just about, it's about as official as it can be right now until next week when the league year actually opens up. So there you go. Just know that uh, that Mack is back in, uh, in the AFC West. Now, around the rest of the league, the Lions informed Trey Flowers that they're going to release him. He's a defensive end that signed a $90 million contract back in 2019 uh, when the Lions had Matt Patricia as the head coach. He had Two sacks last season. Only two. And it's so funny. When Trey Flowers signed that deal, and of course I wasn't here. I was in Central Texas. I remember having one of those segments where, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Trey Flowers, $90 million. You, who gave Trey Flowers? Not, I mean, that was one of those where I went on and on and on about, how in the hell do you give Trey Flowers $90 million? Now, to his credit, when he was with the Patriots, four seasons, he had 21 total sacks. But he was only earning $4 million. And you know what they say. Contract years always prove that you're going to be the dude, right? So you go out there and ball out in your contract years. He's played three seasons with the Detroit Lions. He's only had 10 and a half sacks, and he's earned $54.4 million. So they didn't get a lot of return on their investment there in Detroit. So they're, uh, they're letting him go. He's still young. He's still 28 years old. But uh, he's a guy that I would definitely let get through the first wave of free agency. I'd let get through the second wave of free agency. I would hit him with one of those lower deals like, hey, you want to come join the team, be part of this rotation? Great. But we ain't giving you no big time money. We're going to give you, you know, one of those veteran minimums. Shout out to his agent. A fourth round pick. Right. Two Super Bowls with New England. Right. And he, man, that's yo, he probably was, where he's going to end up. He'll probably end up back in New England. He probably did some sweet talking to Matt Patricia, the agent. He was like, yo, Trey was good, right? Well, you know, Matt Patricia, very familiar with him when they were yeah. in, in uh, New England together. Y'all won two Super Bowls together. And oh, he was great on that defensive line for I you. I do bring him up first because, well, he has New England ties. So just throw that out there. Maybe he could be part of a rotation, depending on what the Raiders regime, Dave Ziegler and company, are looking for. Again, I wouldn't give him big money at all. I'd give him that minimal. I'd give him that Casey Hayward deal. But you know here's what I mean? the thing. He good. He already got paid. I know. You know, he's not like one of those players that's just like, hey, I still want my market value, what I'm worth. You didn't prove that your worth isn't which got paid, right? But since you do got the money, just go ahead and come in. And you know, a minimum. And another thing is, he just wasn't very healthy when he was in Detroit either. You know, I think he played five games last year. So, I mean, he's not very healthy. And that's the other thing. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to acquire a guy that is going to be on the sidelines or in the in the training room more time than he's going to be on the field. You just don't want that guy. So uh, he's not a guy that I think any team is going to actually really go after hot and heavy, but he's out there and he's going to be available. Uh, also, a guy that's from your team, the Tennessee Titans, they are, are releasing Pro Bowl guard uh, Roger Seifold. He's uh, he's. He's uh, actually helping create $10 million in cap space. Uh, and it's, it's funny because giving them $10 million in cap space only gets the Titans under the salary cap by $4 million. That's it. Yeah, you can do something with that $4 million. They, I mean, look, they just made that big, uh, that big deal with Landry. So, I mean, they, they got their big fish that they want. They got him under contract. But, uh, yeah, Saffold, he actually signed a four-year $44 million deal with the Titans in 2019. And until last season, as you very well know, uh, he was banged up last season. And so he didn't really uh, play as well as he normally would, but to his, his credit, 
He's a tough dude, man. He's, he still played through shoulder injuries and still played in 15 games uh, last season for the Tennessee Titans, including the, uh, including the playoffs. So uh, you got to give him credit for that, but just not worth the money. And this is the time of year where you start cutting bait with guys that just aren't worth the money. So Saffold's gone in Tennessee. That opens up a, 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 a guard. If, you're, if your team is looking for a guard, he may be the guy for you. This is one that's intriguing to me. The Cowboys are trying to trade offensive tackle Lyle Collins. He's been with the team since 2015. If you remember, do you remember how he got to the team? Oh, yeah. He basically had, like, the murder investigation. Yeah, well, his homeboy. Yeah, his homeboy. And he was, like, someone. It's like, it's like me and you. Like, okay, that's Q's homeboy, so we're going we're gonna to bring him in and question him, too. And so he ended up not getting drafted at all because at a certain point he was like, hey, don't draft me. I will not sign with your team because he was a first-round talent that when they had that, that, that murder thing going on, he was like, oh, no, I'm, just, I'm costing myself a ton of money. So somehow the Cowboys – came up they came up money when all of a sudden he gets out of the draft and doesn't get drafted and they go and sign him that was a big steal for him well he's been there since 2015 he's uh he's a, I think he's a hell of a right tackle uh he's due 10 million dollars this year and they're trying to trade him I just threw it out there and Raider Nation you can respond however you want I think he'd be a damn good right tackle I, re- I mean I really would I've been talking about Morgan Moses from the Jets but if the Raiders decided to 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 flip a a, a pick to Dallas and I would say it'd probably be maybe a second-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick, uh, probably both. I mean, let's say like a second and a fifth. Um, and based off the Khalil Mack trade, maybe a second this year and a and a fifth next year. Or so. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I would do it, though. Oh, I, this, I would do it. This is a no-brainer type move for any team, especially the Raiders, where it's just like, hey, right tackle, we need that position solidified. This is a guy, first-round talent, Pro Bowl talent, that's just – he's sitting there. The Cowboys are trying to give him away. Somebody would you'd be smart to make that offer. No, I I do. I think so. I think that'd be a hell of a pickup. So uh, I don't know who they're gonna they're gonna trade him to. Apparently, the market for him is pretty high, and why wouldn't it be a really good right tackle for every reason that you just mentioned? He's gonna be out there and available. Yeah, I definitely could see a, a team making a trade for him. But uh, if the Raiders went and made that move instead of signing Morgan Moses uh, in free agency when that opens up, I'd be okay with that. Uh, he's a little bit younger. He's gonna be around a little bit longer. Uh, you know, that would, I think, like I said, I think it would be a, a good move, but they, who knows what their plans are, but just know that, that, uh, that he is out there and he is available and the Cowboys are looking to trade Lyle Collins. So look out for that. Uh, Bobby Wagner, he was released the other day from the Seattle Seahawks. According to Jordan, uh, Jordan Schultz uh, on Twitter, he said a massive market is developing for former Seahawks, all pro linebacker, Bobby Wagner. The Dolphins, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Cowboys, even though they're short on cash, are all interested in Bobby Wagner. Now, I say this, and I, I saved this story till after I talked about Lyle Collins, because if they move him and they free up that $10 million that he's supposed to be owed, maybe that's how they bring in Bobby Wagner. I fully expect the Cowboys to be the team that Bobby Wagner goes to. Him and Dan Quinn are tight. They, uh, it's, it's almost like... It's almost like uh, you know, like Denzel Perryman with Gus Bradley. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes too nah, much sense. I didn't think about those Dan Quinn, Well, remember, Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator in Seattle when Bobby Wagner was there. And so it makes all the sense in the world. I think that's where he's going to end up. That's just my gut feeling. And I think that that's what they're trying to do is clear up some some cap space right now to get him under the cap. I just I think that's the way it's going to go. Well, if you, well, you made a very good case. I wasn't even thinking about that. My first thought was, hey, keep him out of the AFC West because <laughs> you don't need another all-pro player right? playing for the competition if you're a Raider fan. But the Cowboys, that does make the most sense. I don't know what his market is. You say it's high, but I don't know if people are going to be willing to give him the top dollar 
because you know he is a little he's on the wrong side of 30 but that but the production is still there. He is a dog. He is an absolute dog and yeah, he's he's you know maybe slowed down a little bit, but he's still a hell of a player. So apparently a couple other teams are interested, the Jets, the Lions and the Patriots uh and Jordan says that uh, he's going to have his pick and he's going to get some cash. So I, I don't doubt that Bobby Wagner will be one of the first guys that they get but or signs a deal. And who knows? He could actually sign a deal sooner rather than later because he is, uh, you know, he's already been released. But, man, I, I'll tell you, uh, I think just my gut feeling says he's going to end up in Dallas with, uh, with Dan Quinn and because uh, he's a defensive coordinator there. Uh, another team has moved on from a veteran. The Washington football team has moved on from Landon Collins. He signed a six-year. And these, it's so funny, man, when I read these contracts and read what they signed for and how long they signed for, and then two years later they get released. He signed a six-year, $84 million contract with Washington in 2019. It is literally the beginning of 2022, and he's already gone. But he had no base guarantee left on his deal. The move is going to save Washington $6.4 million on the salary cap with $9.6 million in dead money. But at one point, Landon Collins was a hell of a player. And at one point, Washington felt like they needed to give him a six-year, $84 million contract. And now they say, thanks, but no thanks. Apparently, they asked him to take a, a, a pay cut, and he said, nah, I'm good. And so they released him. He said they asked him to take two pay cuts. There you go. First it was, hey, take a pay cut. These are his, like, it was take a pay cut. And then they they make the move for Carson Wentz with that big contract. And then, hey, could you take another pay cut that would be even more significant than the first one we wanted you to take? Right. And he said, nah. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Get, hey, man, get as much money as you can. And, you know, these guys are going to try to cut you at the at, at the ankles and everything, man. Go, go get your money. And if he feels like he's still valuable enough to go and get it on the open market, why not? So uh, I'm not I'm not mad at any player that says no. I'm not taking a pay cut because again, I mean, look at it. These contracts ain't worth the paper they're written on. Six years, eighty four million dollars. He's that was in ni- 2019. It's 2022. He's cut. What's, hey, what's man, the six year What's the six year deal about? That's why the guaranteed money is what matters the that's most. That's why the gear exactly right. And uh, the final note I have for you is the note I started the show with. Uh, the Raiders have restructured the contracts of left tackle Colton Miller and running back Kenyon Drake, creating $14.525 million in 2022 cap space. And that puts them at about $34 million and eighth currently as far as salary cap space goes in the NFL. So it's getting closer and closer to money that they could use to be players next week, like big-time players, maybe go out and get a big fish. It's funny, on my podcast today I was saying, because they were only at $17 million, I said, well, that's not really a lot of money to, to, to put in a lot of work. Now you can put in slight work. You can put in some slight work right now, and you could probably go out there and get one big fish, maybe, you know, maybe two if you structure it right. But if they can clear another, and this is my target number, about $10 more million, if they can figure out a way to clear about $10 more million, then I feel like that they're going to be players. And let me just go ahead and reiterate, because I've seen some people putting uh, some false falseness out on Twitter, and I don't want you to be uh, that person. As Michael Giannetti told us yesterday from uh, Spotrack.com, every team in the NFL has to be salary cap appliant by 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time starting on the 16th. Every buddy, every team has to. So you're talking about, I see a lot of people saying, well, June 1st, post June 1st cuts, you can add that money. You cannot put add that money until post June 1st. You have to be salary cap appliant. There's been people that's texted in, oh, Q, you can be over the cap until the first week of the season. No, you can't. <laughs> you have to be salary cap appliant by 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the 16th. They have to be. Every single day, they've got to be salary cap appliance, so compliance. So that's that's just the nature of the beast, and that's the bottom line. 
And one thing that I was thinking about with Dave Ziegler coming in last season, I don't know if this is how he would want to mold his his look on free agency this season, but the Patriots, they had so much in draft, not draft, they had so much money to spend in free agency. Yeah. And then it they was did just, it. We're going to spread it around. They brought in Nelson Aguilar, gave two tight ends pretty good contracts. Yeah, they did. Where they, Cal Van Noy, they did sign him to a new deal, but they recently released him. But it was just spreading the money around. So you talk about if they free up another $10 million, would they want to go big fishing and maybe spend like two, get two good players, two players that's like, hey, perennial pro bowlers, or would they want to spend it around? Spread it around. Right. I, think I don't that, know what his strategy is. He isn't telling us. Right. We're not course. in those meetings. No, we're but not. But it's going to be interesting be to nice see. be nice to be, though. <laughs> Here's what I was thinking, guys. Right, exactly. Hey, Q, this is what's going on. This is exactly what I'm going to do. Don't, don't say too much on Don't the show. tell nobody else, but who was that? ABA Ivan Davis. Hey, man, uh, just bought a team in, in Henderson. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's under wraps. Telling you guys first. <laughs> don't tell nobody else. So it's going to be interesting. I do think that the Raiders need to be players in free agency. I do think that they need to go out and make a, a big-time move. You know, one or, one or two big-time moves just to shore up a couple – areas and I really think that has to do with the defense I really do I mean I look at their defense and say that that's where the biggest issue is not necessarily offensively the offense yes it could always be upgraded I think you could always put weapons around Derek Carr and I think they will but the defense especially with the the nature of the beast right now the way the AFC West is looking you've got to shore that up so that's what I got for you for cover three NFL news and notes of the day coming up at 3 30 coach Lindy the Rock UNLV Lady Rebels head coach they are the Mountain West champions they won the regular season and the Mountain West tournament we'll talk to her but coming up next today I became a Nevadan today I officially became a Nevadan and yes I went to the DMV you'll hear that story you'll hear it next this is Radio Nation Radio 920 Hey, Raider Nation this is Bill Romanowski and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a tweet from Raider Smoke. This ain't right, man. I feel like they stacking the division against us. Raider Smoke ain't feeling it. This ain't right, dog. This ain't right. Coming up at two uh, coming up at 3 30, excuse me, Coach Lindy the Rock, UNLV Lady Rebels, head basketball coach. Mountain West champions. She'll join the show to talk about winning the championship and going dancing. They are going to the NCAA tournament. I am officially in Nevada, and I'll tell you all about that in a hot second. But right now, let's go out to the listener line and talk to our guy, Raider X. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. What's going on, brother? Chilling. <laughs> Chilling. I love it. Hey, so talking about getting some cow space, I really believe that uh, Derek Carr is going to get uh, re-upped. And I think that's going to happen before free agency. And I think the free looking and reading and everything that I kind of compiled out there, uh, about about fifteen mil, and that kind of hits. You know, that's kind of in, in line of what you're saying about another ten mil. Mm-hmm. Putting that out there, you know, let's go ahead and see. Maybe we can swing. What would you give to say if we can swing like a DK Metcalf? You know, I mean that 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 would take the offense to another level. Obviously, you need a you know a, a right tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and go get yourself a spot on corner because, like you said, DBs win games. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, but again, what would you think about getting like a, a DK Metcalf? Good stuff, man. Hey, thank you for the call. You know, it's funny. Uh, Demond actually mentioned that yesterday. That was Demond's suggestion yesterday was go and get DK Metcalf, and I didn't really think that that was a possibility. But I did reach out to my guy Corbin Smith, who's uh, the host of the Locked On Seahawks, also does a great job with SI.com, uh, covers Seattle like a glove, and I asked him. 
about this. No, I didn't send you the interview. <laughs> Tamon's like, wait a minute. Hold on, dog. You didn't send me that audio. Hold on, man. Don't throw me off. No, I didn't send that to you. But I did ask him about it, and he he said that he doesn't believe that DK, there's any chance that DK is on his way out of there or Tyler Lockett. He's, oh. he, because they have, if you go back and look, Bummer. they've got a ton of cast space now. They've got a ton oh. of cast space. they got some draft capital. They're serious about a, a possibility with Deshaun Watson. They're really serious. I should have sent you the interview. I didn't. My bad. But I did have it on the podcast today. Uh, Cheap plug for Locked On Raiders (laughs) podcast. I did. I did. Because it was because when you said that to me, I took it. I took it. I was like, okay, let me go reach out and see what's up. So I uh, I I forgot to send it to you though. I I apologize. Man, Man, they not gonna do none with them. We'll bring it to the show tomorrow. I'll bring you the audio tomorrow for the show, and we'll just play a little clip of it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's so that that was something that does intrigue me. DK would would intrigue me because he's a big playmaker. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily the guy that's gonna get. You know, 100 catches, he's going to have 1,500 yards. But you know at any play, he can he can take the top off the defense. Hey, but maybe with the right quarterback, I'm not saying Russell Wilson wasn't targeting him enough, but maybe Derek Carr could be like, hey, we're going to get you those 100 catches. But he doesn't – he don't need them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, because the, the, the offense – Yeah, when he gets the ball in his hands, well, yeah, big plays that happen. Right, because they got Darren Waller. They got Hunter Renfro. You know what I mean? So they wouldn't have to – he wouldn't have to be receiver number one. He could be – that's our home run. You know what I mean? Like, he's the cleanup hitter. Ah, by the way, baseball's back. Play ball. That's what I'm talking about. The NL will adopt the DH. Whoa. Yeah, man. I can't have everything I want. But, hey, you know, we'll get <laughs> we'll get to that conversation later. I think pitchers should always bat. But that's a whole other story. I know someone will try to roast me on that. What do you mean, Q? Pitchers stink. I like to see them go out there and compete. But that's a whole other conversation. I did. For the call, Raider X, I appreciate y'all. I will get in that audio. We'll bring it to the uh, to the show tomorrow about DK Metcalf and also Tyler Lockett. But I had to tell you about my adventure today, Damon, because there was a point in my adventure where I almost said, "Blank this, I'm out of here. I'm not going to change this." The wife likes to follow all the rules. I like to follow rules because I'm a responsible young man. But every once in a while, I also like to cut a corner or two. You know what I mean? Who doesn't? Like exactly, exactly. <laughs> Like when we met, she was like, "Oh, you don't follow enough rules for me." You know, I'm I'm really I'm really the one who doesn't ever want to be you know, not doing the right thing. And you kind of like, you know, like to hustle sometimes. And I was like, "Well, you know, you got to. You got to hustle to make it sometimes." You know, but anyway, as I've grown a little older, I've tried to continue to do the right thing. So, she went and she registered her car cuz you know, we came from Texas. So, uh, we've been driving around with Texas plates. And we have Texas licenses. You know, our driver's license. So, you know, 30 days you're supposed to register your car. I've been here since July. I ain't got my regist- my car registered yet. And th- look, don't judge me because there's people that have been living here 25 years that still have out-of-state plates. I know some personally. I was planning on being that guy. Okay, because that was a very specific number. Oh, no, I know because I know these people specifically. They're very close to me. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. So, you think, think because just because everybody else doing it, you can do it too? Yes. I thought that, yes, I could do it. Yes, I did. And the reason is, and when you hear why, you're going to think that, yeah, Q, you probably should have done that. So the wife went and registered her car, and she got her driver's license. It came in the mail the other day. She's so proud. She's like, oh, I'm officially a Nevadan. And me, I always say I'm too busy. I don't have time to go to these. You know, I don't have time to sit around DMV. So she went and did the responsible thing. She went and made my appointment for me, filled out all the paperwork for me online. I mean, did it with the computer so it's no messy handwriting, Printed it out. She gave me a manila envelope and filled everything up that I needed. All the paperwork, like, dummy-proofed it because I will be the one that messed it all up. And I still went in there with not everything I was supposed to have. I had to go out to the car and get something else because they're like, yeah. And it said right there on the paper, like, take this in there when you get there. 
and I just failed to do that. So I had to go back out there, and I had to hold up the line a little bit at the DMV. But I had an appointment at 9 o'clock this morning. I got out of there by 9.45, so it wasn't bad, you know, because I had that appointment. First of all, that DMV needs to be remodeled. That damn old place. Where, which one were you at? In Henderson. Ooh. That thing, I don't. I thought I was in like an a 80s club or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, it was, it, anyway, but that's a whole nother story. Man, Hello? I went through all the paperwork to get my license. The lady says, okay, $41. All right, no problem. Pay with the credit card. Cool. But brother, when we got to the registration of my car, and I had a warning about this because my mom had told me when I first got here, she'd asked me how much I paid for registration for my car. And you know what kind of car I drive. She said, how much do you pay for registration in Texas? And I said, oh, 75 bucks. She goes, wait, why do I pay so much more? And so it became a mystery. Well, as I realized, Texas, everything's the same. You could drive a Nissan or you could drive an Escalade and it's 75 bucks. Like that's what it is. One flat rate. So I get to the DMV today. I paid my money to get my driver's license. I was good. I was debating getting my car registered because I didn't want to pay more than 75 bucks. Because you out here hurting Mother Earth. Whatever. Car's fine. It's no smog. It passed smog. It did all that. <laughs> my, my car's fine. It's not because I'm hurting the Earth. I just didn't want to register it in the state. That's what I'm doing. My car went from being $75 to register to $1,300. Yeah, exactly. The look you just made on your face. You're like, forget Mother Earth. Forget doing the rules. You should have been hustling. Hey, man. When you, that lady told me $1,300, I almost punched her. Could you take it back? I, in my brain, like, I punched her. You know, in my mind, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And she was so nice to me. She was the nicest lady ever. I love it when they do that where it's just like, oh, and that'll be $1,300. What? No, she said $1,341. And I go, okay. And she goes, $1,341. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? $1,341 to register my car. So did you say I don't have and the funds then, right now? No, no. I'll be like, I'll be, I'll be, I, let me go out to the car real quick. I'll be right back. Well, I did ask. I was like, can I not get my car registered? She's like, well, it's too late. We've already done the paperwork and everything. So I was already done. Rip it up. I couldn't do that. <laughs> but I did. Last night, I even told the wife. I was like, do I have to register my car? She's like, I just like to follow the rules. And I was like, all right. So I did it. But I shouldn't have. Because I actually had a homeboy in Texas that told me, just send me a picture of your stuff and I'll, I'll take care of it and send it back to you. Like, I had oh, the hookup. Okay, let's not I do had that. The let's not do no, that. I did. I had the hookup. Uh, no, no. No, I did. I did, and I just didn't do it. And then I have to tell you real quickly, Nevada has the ugliest license plates ever. You can get a custom one. I had to okay, because this license plate was so damn ugly. It had like blue moons or blue earth or whatever whatever it is. It was like blue. They're and mountains. Whatever. They're ugly. And the lady's like, well, this is what we have. And I said, come on. I said, do you see this license plate? It's white. It's, it's very plain. It's simple. That's what I like, something simple. My car is black. I just want something simple. She's like, oh, we have this black uh, Raiders one, and you have a Raiders sweatshirt on. And I was like, Scott, I work at the radio station. She's like, yeah, but it's, it's plain. It's black. It's white. It's very simple. I was like, how much is that going to cost me? Oh, it's only 30 bucks. I was like, fine. I mean, after how much you're already spending, $30. Right, exactly. So now I have owl plates. All right. And she's like, well, it's good. It's good for a good cause. I was like, okay. Like, she's really good. That's why she's in that job. She can break bad news and not, and not make you angry. Like, the initial, I was angry initially, but she was so nice. Nah. But those license plates are ugly, first of all. Not the owl ones, the, the ones they give you for free. The ugliest thing I ever did, ever seen, was those plates. So now I'm officially a Nevadan. So now, after paying $1,341. No, no. What? You dissing the state. No, I'm not. I'm saying the plates are ugly. They are. That's why there's so many people driving around with owl plates. Because those look good. These 
Normal ones look ugly. We're proud of our mountains here. You're not proud. I don't even think you had those kind of plates on your car. Exactly. You have some custom ones, too, because you know how ugly they are. That's what I know if you'd find I'll out. I'll tell you this right now. For $1,341, y'all are stuck with me for at least a year. <laughs> at least a year, all right? So I, I can't get fired. I can't do anything for at least a year because I'm going to get my money's worth. I mean, hell, now that my car is registered here, I'm driving everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to let everybody know, hey, hey, Mr. Officer, car's registered here. You know what I mean? Like, even Jamie, the engineer, tried to get me one day. He's like, hey, you know you got Texas plates? You know you got, as I know, I'm getting them changed. Should have kept them. I should have kept them. 328 is the time. Coming keep up next, <laughs> Coach Lindy LaRock, UNLV Lady Rebels head coach. She'll join the sh- Unnecessary Roughness. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Lots going on in the sports world. Lots going on in the NFL, of course, but it is March, so there's a lot of hoop action going. College hoops to be exact. And there was some fantastic action going on at the Thomas and Mac last night. And to join us to break it all down, Coach Lenny LaRock, UNLV Lady Rebels head, head basketball coach. And Coach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And before we get started, congratulations, Mountain West champions in the regular season and also the conference championship. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, you've been the coach here now. This is the second season, and you've really got this thing turned around. You got it cooking. Uh, the ladies were great all season long. What really went into the turnaround and even the culture change there with the program? Um, well, I think it definitely starts with belief, right? You've got you to believe that you can do it, and then you just got to go put the work in and trust the process and get a little bit better each and every day. Um, so that's definitely kind of what we do around here. And then obviously, you know, it, it takes great people. Uh, we've got a great staff, great administration, and, you know, you can't do it without great players. And, and they've just really improved over the course of the year and trust us and what we're doing. And uh, here we are. Yeah. And, and your players were on full display last night and they did a heck of a job, especially down the stretch. And coach, I don't know how you do it. You were standing on the sideline and you look calm and cool and chill and it was my my chest was pounding you know what I mean like it was it was action-packed towards the end of the game uh how proud of you of the young ladies were you that they were able to keep their poise in a very tight game and be able to pull through oh I mean I just I'm still kind of trying to find the right words to just explain you know how I feel about about them collectively as a group and just you know what what happened yesterday to be honest but um, you know, they, they're just, they, they were exactly that. They were calm and poised and, you know, we just had to remind each other, obviously the other team made a little bit of a run and we took their best shot and it was like, all right, you know, settle down. We're fine. And let's, let's go, let's go finish this game off and go on our own run. So they really believe in each other. They trust each other. Um, and they're just really sure they're sure about who we are and what we do sure of themselves and, and sure of each other. And, I think that's why, you know, in, in some of the toughest, you know, maybe craziest moments, they they look each other in the eye and, and they know they got it. Talking right now with UNLV Lady Rebels head coach, Coach Lindy LaRock here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And what was the celebration like in the locker room after you ladies cut down the nets? Oh, man. Well, I, I was wearing a black dress, and I think I, by the time I left the locker room, it was more like a wetsuit. <laughs> I think they found every water bottle possible to uh, – to dump it on my head or just throw it at me or whatever. Um, but it, it's just, you know, obviously the celebration really was kind of on the court and just, 
you know, cutting down the nets. That's what we talked about all week. Um, and to finally do it together, it just was, was really, really special. And, um, you know, it, I think we just have such a special group and it couldn't, couldn't have happened to, to better people um, because they work so hard. All right, Coach, as a former student at UNLV, Here goes, I'm super Coach. excited Here about it. I used to do play-by-play <laughs> for Lady Rebels games. Yeah, man, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a say that I'm a former student. Yeah, I support the team. But how excited and what's the celebration going to be like for Selection Sunday? Is the team going to get together? Is there any plans for Selection Sunday? Hey, man, you better attend this party that we're planning. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Uh, oh, party? And I'm invited? <laughs> heck, yeah. Everyone's invited. So, um, yeah, no, we, we've got our administration. We're, we're putting together the plans, you know, kind of the first thing that was going on this morning to, um, you know, get a, get a party together. We're going to get the team and be here um, at, at the Thomas and Mac and, um, you know, view the selection show together and, and just really soak in, in the moment and um, celebrate it because it, it's it's worth celebrating. Um, and then we'll get right back to work. And hey, Coach, what does it mean for you? I mean, you're a Las Vegas native. You you go off. You're at Stanford. Obviously, Stanford has the, the tradition of winning. You come back home, and you help this program become winners. What what does it mean for you personally as the coach? I mean, it just it, it means everything. Um, you know, being a product of our of our community here to represent, you know, everyone kind of at this level, which, which I think is, at, you know, one of the highest levels. Um, and it's just, a, it, first off, it's, it's just an honor and a privilege to, to be able to do that. And then, you know, to do it well. And, and you know, we have local players. Mm-hmm. Really, it's just about making everyone proud and, and giving someone, you know, giving everyone something to cheer for. And, and a team like this, um, it just, you know, Way back in the day, y'all know it was just the Rebels. Right. Um, and, and now we've got the Raiders, and, and we love them and the Knights, and we love everyone here. But, you know, we kind of re- needed to uh, reignite the, the Rebel fire. And so hopefully uh, we'll help uh, fan in that flame. Yeah, no, you really are. And you've got the support of everyone in the community. The Raiders, I, I know that the Aces, I know Asia Wilson was at the game last night. I mean, you're getting support from all over, but. Also, you have the players, as you mentioned. I mean, Essence Booker, she's a tournament MVP. Take us through that that 45 seconds where that 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 sequence happens where she loses the ball, she gets the ball, you call timeout, then get her the ball, and she hits a three-pointer that basically sealed the deal. I mean, what was going through your mind? What was the conversation like in the huddle? Well, obviously it was under a minute, so we wanted to use a full shot clock. I, I wasn't totally expecting to get a shot at one second, but – she was going to, you know, kind of attack and just, you know, just kind of mishandled the ball. Um, and then I thought it was going to be a jump ball. And then it, like, squirted down to the post. And so I was just trying to call for a timeout so we could save the possession and at least get something out of it. Um, so I was happy to be able to do that and have it on the baseline. Uh, and so we've been, we've been sitting on this baseline out-of-bounds play for a while. Um, I, I've kind of had it in my, in my pocket for a long time. We put it in with a team this week knowing that, you know, it's, it's March. This is when... You know, you got to have a couple of tricks up your sleeve. And so, um, you know, I, I just I knew our team was going to execute it. it. They did it to to a T. I knew I knew she was going to be open and I just I just knew she was going to make the shot. And and, uh, you know, big players make big, pl- big time plays. 
and and she made that one for us. Does it ever kind of blow your mind how how players and and young young people as well just kind of forget what just happened and just almost clear their mind and just get back to it like that? That's something that that little fumble or that little you know uh, the way that the play started to go could have really resonated with her, but she cleared it and she hit the big shot right after. It's like it's like it never ever happened. Does that ever kind of blow your mind that that they they kind of processed it that quickly? Uh, I mean, they, they, like, sometimes they don't have any choice, you know, and especially like a player like her, um, you know, when she kind of dwells on things, it, it really hurts our team. And so, uh, you know, she was willing to do whatever it takes. And, um, you know, that amnesia is, is, is critical to have, mm-hmm. you know, especially to being a, a, a competitor and moving on to the next play. Um, you know, so really, really proud of her and, and our team for that. Talking right now with Coach LaRock, UNLV, Lady Rebels head coach here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So there's a lot of firsts that uh, the Lady Rebels have been able to do and accomplish this year. And again, you mentioned it, local players are doing it as well. You're local. Some players are local. How, how important is that and, and how much is that going to help you as well when you're recruiting locals? Because, hey, you can get it done here. Absolutely. I mean, we have great young talent um, in the Valley, and obviously we have some great local players on our team that really showed out, and so that's just going to continue to help us. I mean, uh, you know, obviously we can't just have a a, a team of, you know, Las Vegas All-Stars because there's some roster pieces into it and putting the right pieces together, but, you know, when there's great talent here in town, we we definitely want to, you know, try to keep them here and, and you know, find some good fits for us and for them. So, um, you know, I think that, that, that helps. And, you know, that, that's why, you know, you, obviously why we have the young women on our team that we do. And for, you know, players out there watching us, I think hopefully they can be excited about, you know, playing here and, and having UNLV be a possibility for them. All right, Coach, you don't have to brag if you don't want to. <laughs> but with Selection yeah. Sunday coming up, what should teams be looking out for if they're like, hey, I'm a fan of whatever school, and they're getting matched up with UNLV in March Madness. What should they know and be prepared for when those Lady Rebels come in? Well, I'm not sure anyone's going to be excited to play us, to be honest, because, um, I mean, obviously I think we're really good, and we're playing well right now. Uh, we're tough. We're physical. We can score it on, you know, on the block with Desi and our post players, and then we can stretch the floor with shooters. So, mm-hmm. um you know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, someone's gonna find our matchup and be like, "Oh, we're really excited about this," <laughs> especially because you know we're expecting to be the the higher seed uh-huh. or, or the lower seed, should I say? And so, you know, give us that kind of chip on our shoulder, and and we've got nothing to lose. Our team kind of like thrives in that moment, and we're we're gonna give everyone our absolute best shot. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you ladies are, are have a really good team. You have a really good team. Uh, they, they're very competitive and, like you said, very tough. You know, that's one of the things that uh, that I noticed the most watching is that it's just the toughness really shows in them. And uh, final question for you, Coach. Uh, we had Paloma Villacana on from Fox 5 Sports. We had her on yesterday previewing the game, and I asked mm-hmm. her this same question. I said, what makes Coach LaRock tick? Like, what makes her go? What's that? What drives her? What's that burn in your belly? Because, I mean, the team, to me, has really taken on your personality and, and your your drive to be really good and excellent. So, so where does that come from? Well, you know, I, like coaching is uh, is like being an educator. You know, the teachers out there, and you know, sometimes a, a thankless position, but you do it to help young people reach their highest potential to achieve their dreams. I mean, that's why I, I think I'm just still on cloud nine from last night because <laughs> it's not about me. It's really not even about our staff or our school. It's about 
It's about these young women putting in so much hard work, having this dream and this goal, and then helping them each step of the way to try to get there and believing in them when they don't believe in themselves. And then you do it, and it just it it just it's so rewarding and you know so so fulfilling. Uh, again, not for me, but to see the smiles on their faces. It was like I've, I've been looking at pictures all day, you know, whether in the paper or just the ones that, you know, the, the photographers taken and just the smiles. It's like, you know, it, that, that's why I do this. And, and that's, what, that's what, you know, makes me tick and, and keeps me up late at night and early in the morning <laughs> and working as hard as I do because I want to do my absolute best for them um, so that they can get to where they want to be and, and, and beyond. Well, you're doing a heck of a job, and of course, uh, as the Mountain West champions, not only in the regular season, but also the uh, the conference tournament, that's awesome. Uh, we, we've all got your back. We're all supporting you here, and uh, keep on doing what you guys do, and we'll see where you guys go dancing on uh, Selection Sunday. All right, I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you. Coach Lindy the Rock right there, UNLV Lady Rebels head coach, and look at that. Damon, you got invited to a party. You had no idea. Exactly. I got the invitation. Well, now... You did hear her say that everybody's invited, right? Yeah, don't don't try to take away the specialness. I was invited I mean, from the head coach. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She personally, personally gave you the invite. That's exactly. way more important. I'm rolling up into the Thomas and Mac like I need the VIP seats. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, man, you were you you did play by play. Yo, I'm just saying. I could find you a might want to travel with you. the team. You want you want to take next week and travel with the team. Hey, like I said, man, I'll do whatever. Put me on the team, playing whatever. Do I, I need to do. send you with the team? I can send you with the team. Let's do it. All right. We'll make it work, man. We're going to figure out a way to get DeMond on that plane. DeMond's going dancing. <laughs> are you going to be in the kids' dance or are you going to be in the real dance? you going to dance with the six-year-olds or are you going to actually dance with the adults? You know what, man? I'm, not I'm even... just asking. I'm just asking. Why are you hating, Q? Exactly. Because I ain't going to lie. I was looking at the team roster. Yeah. And it, the, it's a pretty small team. Only like a few players are over even six feet tall. Especially like the starting center only six one, so that's pretty impressive. Well, you're barely yeah. over five foot tall. Shut up, you. Three forty three is the time. We're gonna come back, and close out the show. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Hey, Raider Nation! This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword RR. I needed this music at the DMV earlier. This would have got me going. This would have got me going, dog. Open up shop. Whoa. You're like, I, man, I'm glad I didn't hear this. And, and if this music had been playing in my head at the DMV, I might not be here right now. I might have got arrested. Man, I'm texting back and forth with my mom right now. She's laughing at me at my uh, my high registration cost. But hey, I'm a Nevada now. Awesome. Good job on following the rules. Yeah, you know, the one thing about that is, is anybody in Las Vegas from Nevada? Not really. You know what I mean? This is the land of everyone comes and just gathers. So I could have been a visitor for like 20 years and would have been fine. They don't know that. Yeah. Exactly. I could have got pulled over and the police said, hey, uh, you got to change your plates. No, officer, I just got here 20 days ago. You know what I mean? I could have had 10 extra days. Hey, Amen. But you starting to become known around town. What if somebody's like, no, no, you're not. You cute. I've been doing it uh, remotely. <laughs> <laughs> I just now got to town. <laughs> 
Got a text from Talon from West Jordan, Utah. What the hell's with the cryptic tweets from Unique Ngakwe? Um, I don't think it's very cryptic. Unique always puts out, one, he always puts out like Bible verses, but he put out earlier uh, today, Tough, Tough Division. That was at five something this morning. Uh, and then he put out eyeball emojis. And I think that that has to do with, because that was about, I don't know, 259. So, you know, a little bit over an hour ago. I think it has to do with Khalil Mack coming to the division. I mean, I, that's, that's all I could think. That's about it. You know, I when I look at Unique and Gakwe's tweets, it's ne- it, to me it's never really, never really a big deal. Uh, we also got a tweet or a text: Raiders are releasing linebacker Corey Littleton per source, which does not surprise anybody. But they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to designate that one. I'm assuming they designate that one to post June first. I don't think anybody should be surprised by Corey Littleton getting released. Uh, Jesse Merrick from News Three LV carries with it a 14 million. Uh, dead cap hit, and that's why they'll they'll designate it post June first, so they can get that thing split up. So just kind of know that that's not anything that should be a surprise to anybody. Uh, I think we all saw that one coming. Uh, let's go out to the the listener line real quick. Raider Nation listener line at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Uh, Raider Shack in the Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx. What's up? What's on your mind? What's going on, Q? What's uh, up? I was listening to Vinny a little bit a minute ago. Uh, he was giving his uh, top four free agents that I think that we should go after. And I just wanted to give my two cents. Okay. Uh, I definitely agree with you on the A-Rob. I think A-Rob is a, is a must-get. I think Derek Carr is definitely missing that guy. And I think he definitely is going to move the needle tremendously for us offensively. Uh, my next guy is J.C. Jackson, 100%. He's a guy to have. I think the way that uh, the division is playing out and uh, the way that Denver is probably going to be airing out that ball with Russell Wilson and those weapons he's got, we definitely need a lockdown corner that's going to take half of that field away. Uh, my next one is either uh, it's a kind of like a 3A or 3B. I'm looking at Bobby Wagner, and I'm looking at Dante Hightower. Like you were saying on Locked On, like uh, we need a guy that's going to quarterback that defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dante Hightower, he knows the system better than anybody probably out there available. So to me, it's kind of like a no-brainer at that point. you got to get that guy. And uh, my final guy is a sleeper that no one's really talking about, and that's Hassan Reddick. I think we need another situational pass rusher, man. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love Mad Max. I love Yannick. But uh, we need another guy that's going to go out there and go get somebody in that backfield and make plays. So that's just my opinion. I think uh, those four guys uh, will definitely be able to compete. And um, definitely I'm not feeling the Khalil Mack coming back to the division <laughs> at all. Right. Not a very uh, nice thing for him to be doing to us right about now, but you know, right? It's charging to the game, and we got to do what we got to do to, to you know, combat that. Right. We'll see what happens. We will. Great call. Pre- charge it to the game. Charge it to the game for the boogie down Bronx right there. It's Raider Shack. I can appreciate that. And I'll say this: uh, Khalil Mack coming back to the AFC West. At least I don't have any lawn that I have to go mow. Because when the Raiders traded him to the Chicago Bears, I immediately got up out of bed and went and mowed the lawn at the house and didn't speak for a couple hours because I was angry. At least it's a different time now, and it's not that bad. But, I mean, hey, it's a hell of a player going to the division. You can't be worried and scared about any other teams. You just got to go out there and play who's out there. Uh, the Raiders know who they go up against, and they know what they got to do to to make their uh, you know their roster be able to compete. I mean, that's what it is straight up. Want to go ahead and uh, go ahead and break down a little bit more of the the Corey Littleton releasing uh, from Deshaun Reed. If the Raiders cut Littleton straight up, 
They save $1.7 million, but they eat $14 million in dead money, which is what we were talking about. Now, if they designate him a post-June 1st cut, they'll save $11.7 million on June 2nd, but eat $9.9 million in dead money in 2022 and $4 million in dead money in 2023. So that's the difference right there. And because of that, $11.7 million of, of savings on June 2nd is the reason why I believe they'll designate him a post-June 1st cut. I don't think saving $1.7 million is a big deal to them. I mean, that's just not what they're going to plan on doing. But in, in my opinion, now they could, but want to go ahead and pass that along. Again, that's from Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Uh, we got Mitch in New Jersey up next. What's on your mind, Mitch? Welcome to the show. Thank you. How you doing, Al? So glad that baseball's back. Yes. Play ball. Talk to the officials. Get get those Oakland A's to Vegas. <laughs> soon enough. Soon enough. Hey, What's going to happen tomorrow? Is this division getting tougher? The other day was uh, Mr. Russell Whistle. Today's uh, Big Mac. Uh, I, we got to see them. Chandler, besides uh, Wagner, uh, Chandler Jones is also available. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the Raiders get two wide receivers: one to draft, talking you know who, and a free agent. And he better be good. <laughs> got to give a, a weapon to our boy, Mr. Carr. There. Right. a great division. Yes. No, I don't think anybody's winning no more, no more than ten or eleven. It's be tough. Great quarterbacks. It's going to be some division. It's Jeez. true. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, good call. You know what? You bring up a good point. Nobody's going to run away with the division. You know, nobody's heads or tails that much better than everyone else. It's just going to be, I mean, like, who's split? Who's who's sweeping teams now? You know what I mean? I don't see the Chiefs sweeping the Broncos. I don't see the Raiders sweeping the Broncos. I, don't, I, I just don't see anybody sweeping anybody. So it might be one of those divisions that beats the hell out of each other. And like you said, wins 10 or 11 games. And, hey, that's the division winner. 10 wins. Because the division is so tight. That could be a, that's a really good point that I really hadn't thought about uh, until you said that. And then you made me think of um, the, uh, a suggestion from Raider Shaq in uh, the Boogie Down Bronx. He said, Hassan Reddick, yes, I would love to see the Raiders go grab Hassan Reddick. I was a big fan of his when he was coming out of Temple. Now, he's, it's been funny with him because his career has gone you know, a couple different ways. When he was in Arizona, when they first drafted him, they didn't really use him correctly. And it's almost like they didn't know how to use him. And then the last year he was in Arizona, he had a hell of a year. Then he turned that into a, a, a deal with the, the Panthers for a year. And, they, and then he had a hell of a year there. And now he's available. And I think he's going to try to cash in, though, and get a, a big-time deal. I really do. Uh, so I don't know how much he's going to cost. But I feel like that teams are starting to figure out how to use him. And I do like what Raider Shaq said, man. That could be another guy that is a situational pass rusher. It could be a guy that you have out there all the time. You know, I mean, he could end up being uh, just another monster on the defensive line trying to get to the quarterback so you don't have to blitz as often. But uh, it all depends on what Patrick Graham wants to do. We'll actually hear from Patrick Graham and other, uh, other coaches uh, tomorrow. So we'll have that for the show. But, uh, yeah, that's, that was a really good uh, response is Hassan Reddick, and that's something that I forgot to, to bring to the table. Who we got up next? Carlos and Phoenix. Carlos in Phoenix. What's up, dog? Welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, man? Yo, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. For sure. Man, uh, this Raiders just Twitter, man, is is unreal. I feel like this new regime very like meticulous. They've been very patient with everything they've done from hiring the head coach and GM to the staff. Raiders fans need to just relax, man. Let Dave Ziegler let Josh McDaniels do their thing. Uh, they got stuff in the works. Everybody's just got to relax. Free agency hasn't even opened up yet. So this is a message to my Raider fans. Y'all relax, man. Take a seat. Take a relax. Take a seat. And let, let us do our thing. That's all I got to say. All right. I like it, man. Call from Phoenix. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think 
uh, the sky is falling by any means. I just think that everyone's seeing a lot of moves happening around the Raiders and not seeing enough moves happening with the Raiders, and everyone's a little bit concerned. But I don't think anyone's, you know, thinking that the sky is falling. So, uh, you know, of course, it's going to be an initial reaction. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, matter of fact, Robin Oakland said, Raider fans are emotional, sentimental, sincere, and loyal. I appreciate what Ingle did for the team, and it bothers me that he likely won't be back. What will this new regime do better than the old one? Uh... Commoditize, excuse me, players. I'm expecting cold-hearted efficiency in team building. Uh, that's Robin Oakland. And then also got one more text that I got to try to find real quick. Oh, man, I don't know where it's at. Oh, Raider Richie from Arizona. Q, the same damn thing happened to me when I moved from Arizona to Fresno. My plates are $300 more. I should have hustled like you said. Yeah, <laughs> I should have hustled. I should have never let the wife convince me not to hustle. Oh, well. It's too late now. I'm in Nevada. 3.55 is the time. Vinny Bossignor in the huddle is up next, 4 to 6 p.m. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.